This is the GoFungal Podcast. My guest is Tony Lee. He's a fractional CMO with over 20 years of experience focused on telecom with an emphasis on space and satellite. Tony Lee, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's great to be here. That was a, there were a lot of words in that introduction that are kind of exciting, like a fractional CMO, what's that? In telecom with an emphasis on space and satellite, a lot going on there. That's pretty cool. Oh, it is cool. <laughs> and I love it. It's fun to do. That's how yeah. I've been in it for 20 years, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got it. So first of all, I guess, what's a fractional CMO? A fractional CMO, in some ways, you can think about it as doing a CMO role, except a fraction of the time. So the, the idea behind it is if you're a small company who's really ready for someone who can help you build your strategy and take you to the next level, where you really need a CMO but can't afford a CMO, that's the perfect time to hire one. And a CMO really takes all of the responsibility that you expect, strategy development, team leadership, competitive analysis. So really, how do you focus the company and then deliver on that strategy and plan? So a fractional CMO often will do um, multiple companies at the same time, because you know, obviously it's a fraction of the time. And, and the key for a customer will be that they get a, the experience, they get someone really quickly, and it costs them a lot less money. Yes, those are all good things. Those are, are, are all helpful things. But you've worked with companies big and small. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've done, I've worked with startup companies. I've worked with publicly traded companies. I've worked at uh, divisions of huge companies. So, I mean, one of the fun things about my experience is I kind of blend all that together. You know, you're a summation of your experiences, right? And somehow that all comes into what, what I feel I offer. Yeah, super cool. And we're talking today about ChatGPT and the role that it plays in marketing. So I'm excited to get your perspective as somebody who really is kind of leading the strategy from the top and how you see it, because I want you know our audience to kind of have that understanding a little bit too. So maybe we can just jump in there. Like for those who don't know, what is ChatGPT? Um, ChatGPT is a tool that basically a generates human-like language, if you will. And it's based upon a deep learning algorithm. And so it will generate, they call it human-like text, but based upon the information that they crawl and gather together. So the idea behind it is that it continues to learn. And one of the interesting things I did for this broadcast is I said, okay, ChatGPT, generate a blog post for me about how marketing, how ChatGPT should be used in marketing. And I will say, um, it, it was impressive what they put together. In some ways, as a marketer, you could see these are the things they wanted to make sure that they thought people used them for. I think they, they believe that they do a bit more than you actually than they actually can do, uh, but certainly you know where I see them right now as a real benefit is in quick content generation, and then market research. They also talk about how they do personalization, and as I'm sure as we talk further, you'll realize I don't think it does. <laughs> okay, well there's good. There's, so there's some there's some good and some bad. It's I think probably a lot of times yeah, you 
there are people in companies that say they do it all, but they're really good at one or two things. Right. And, you know, ChatDP is wonderful in content generation. Absolutely wonderful. And, you know, it's, it can be a real game changer. It certainly creates content in mass. You know, like yeah. it took like three, three minutes max, maybe two minutes to generate that blog for me when I was playing with it for this, this podcast. Um, so that part, you get that content generation. But if you take a step back and think what um, COVID really did for marketing and how COVID changed marketing, COVID changed marketing so people really wanted true personalization. They really want to be met where they are. And from that standpoint, being met where they are, ChatDP is not going to do that. So in my mind, the best way from a content generation standpoint to use ChatDP is to learn, to gather what get that that basic content but the human okay. element the true personalization the understanding of the customer journey really is much more adding that personal touch you know back to the idea of meet me where i am because yeah. uh, that def covid definitely changed that perception and changed how marketers reach out to potential customers got it so focusing chat gpt as a tool on content marketing right. generating content um, and not so much in the personalization. So help me understand how the personalization factors into content marketing. Are those just two different things? Actually, to me, it's all in, all in one. So okay. um, in, from content generation, you get the baseline. And so I, I see a high need for highly skilled, good content writers as we move through this. So some of the basic content writing, maybe chat GPT can do. Oh, we're talking you, about blogs? I'd like say articles. blogs, articles, um, certainly it, it, it doesn't do the video stuff or the animations or anything like that, it, but it could create potentially ideas for, let's say, an animation, you know, yeah. by gathering information together. I think in one of the things that I've used it for, it's not to write a script, but it's to write, you know, help, helps kickstart a script or an intro Correct. to Correct. the topic. So hooks, an intro, a call to action, maybe even a headline is something that I definitely use ChatGPT to use. And that's, the, that's the same parallel, right? It's kind of like you're building your, you might want to think of it as your first draft. You know, this is kind of what you're putting together. And then the, the idea is then you have to make it real. You have to make it personalized to your customer or to tune it the vertical market. You know, someone has said, really, what you add is the personal touch, the human touch. And one of the reasons it's even more important, if you think about it, Google and other search engines are obviously trying to trap for AI-generated content. So having that creative person that allows you to kind of personalize it, humanize it, you know, what I think they call it self-edit, but self-edit what it does so that it gets through Google. It, you know, those are things that... I think are changing a lot of what marketing is. And I think another cool, maybe cool, it's that marketers will have to learn how to use chat GPT. What's the right way to actually do a query? That's something that, you know, I think I play with, certainly. I'm still learning how to make chat GPT give me a little bit more of what I want. Okay, so that's, I think that's really important to note is, that you have to be really specific with your query if you want it to work for you right, right. in the right in the right way because you have to 
ask a question a certain way. You have to give it certain parameters and you have to phrase it in a certain order, I think, right? For yes. it to be effective. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And that's what I'm saying. And so I think, you know, if you think back to when Google started, um, that there was a learning process of how do you really query what you want? And I would say this yeah. parallels that, right? It's just, right. it's a whole kind of different linguistic way to ask the questions. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good analogy or a good example of to see how Google has advanced over the years. Right now, Google's like finishing your sentence for you. And you know right. what, actually, you, did you mean to say this? Because the way you said it was stupid. <laughs> Can you spell no? I'll try this. Did you really mean? Right. And, and, then, and the good thing is you don't need to even know how to spell or think right. to do a Google search. It just does it for you, which maybe that's where we're going. I don't know. Yes. I mean, right now, you definitely there's definitely a skill set for marketers to learn how to actually phrase the queries in a way that you get the information you need. And I think as you use it for market research, it might even be more important because, you know, those are the two areas that I think it's, it's valuable almost immediately to a marketer. So content creation and in terms of generating ideas, in terms of generating, you know, certain asks, you know, the first draft, like you said, of a blog post or of an article, and then you said market research. So talk more about market research. What, kind of research would you be using JetGPT for? I think some of the best research for JetGPT is uh, to really look at your competitive competitors. Okay. What is their marketing? What's their marketing positioning? What is their messaging? Who do they target? And those are, those are kind of facts, right? But often, mm. are, often when you're trying to do competitive analysis, it's sometimes hard to pick that out. And, you know, right. Whereas I think chat gpt has the capability of kind of you know crawling all over if you will and pulling together the competitive analysis very quickly got it that's so that's to me something as a cmo that that top level is obviously thinking about all the time all the time because you don't want to be outsmarted you don't want to be outdone you want to make sure that you really do have a unique message that you can take to the market that puts your company, you know, above the other competitors by yeah. something unique, something differentiable. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So can you help me, you know, walk me through and you don't have to give names necessarily, but like if I was, if you, if you were to go through a competitive analysis using chat GPT, there are a couple of steps that you follow to sort of query, assess, Yes, Just, I think like, there, act there actually is kind of like a, a high level beginning and then you kind of okay. move down. And so I would start the chat GPT. Let's say you would ask that, say, who are, who are my core co competitors and in, in this market? You know, so maybe we could say, you know, who are my core com core competitors in a ground system? segment, for example. Um, and then you would, you would expect it would come up with a list of competitors for you. Then your next step would be to actually go through each of those competitors and ask this, a question about how, what, what is the key marketing differentiation for competitor A, competitor B, competitor C. So you so start chat to GPT build. would actually be able to, to find that for you and make yes. that, write yes. that out. Yes. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Now you have to ask it in a certain way, like what are the key, okay. you know, you know, competitor A, what are their key industries? What are their key messages? Things like that. Got it. 
And this, is it pulling from their websites or their all the content they put out, or how is it finding out? It, it's pulling from multiple places. It'll it'll pull from their website if it can. Now, one of the one of the interesting things is you can block chat GP from websites. That That's kind of another oh. thing. But um, it'll pull it from websites, but also from any publications. You know, um, whether an article was written, an interview with the CEO. Um, so it starts to pull that information that, you know, may not be necessarily what they have on their website, but what's being said about them. Right. Got it. Oh, that's, that's more important even, right? Mm -hmm. What's your actual reputation? Yep. As seen by the marketplace. Right, right. And you Got think it. about market research like that. I mean, I was a market researcher early in my career, actually. Did, it, did market research for a living. That stuff used to take days, weeks. And to kind of start yeah. being able to use chat GPT to help you jumpstart that, help you position it, is amazing. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible. I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest ahas with these AI tools is that you're saving so much time. Time. I mean, I guess what's your two cents on, is it eliminating jobs or is it helping jobs? What's, what's it doing? I think it's changing jobs. Um, to, you know, you, you may remember, like, I guess it was when we started doing marketing automation um, yeah. and everyone said, oh my, what's going to happen? And the marketing automation just, it didn't eliminate jobs that it changed. So all of a sudden you needed a data analyst in the mar on your marketing team to help you analyze the data. Right. I feel it's the same thing here in that a lot of the oh, early writing, the stuff that kind of gets gets you started is jump started. So yeah. you may you may need I think what you're going to need is more sophisticated creative writers who can take the, you know, draft one and say, okay, how do we how do we augment this? How do we add the humanity to it? How do we make it more personal? Because let's face it, it, it's an AI tool. It's learning, agreed, but it's only learning the, from the data it has. So you still need that human connection because ultimately marketing still is human to human. And so yeah. somehow you have to make sure that that link is there. What do you think about marketers that kind of, one of the things I've, I have heard people using it for is really just from an SEO approach mm -hmm. like it'll they'll people have chat gpt or something write a blog article in in you know hitting certain keywords and answering certain questions from an seo perspective right so that they can show up on you know when people are searching yes. their content um and if you do that right you could read those articles as a human you wouldn't want to read those articles um, probably because it would just kind of be spewing out a lot of fluff but it would be hitting all the keywords Correct. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Are you seeing people using it in that way? Is it effective? Is it not effective? I thoughts? don't think it's, I actually don't think it's very effective um, yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, I think Google and all the other search engines are really changing and creating algorithms to make sure that they don't just get AI-based content. Right. So one, I think at some that, point yeah. you're just it's robots talking to robots, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I think one, they're kind of trying to eliminate that. Two, like you said, people aren't going to want to read that. So you ultimately you you don't want to end up with um, your SEOs coming out and being negative 
You know, you want right. what people want. You want whatever they read about you to be positive or at least neutral. So I, I, I don't think that's an effective use of it, to be honest. And I yeah. also, if you think about some of the things Google does, they constantly change how the SEO engines work, right? So even if you have the right words, it may not quite appear the way you want it to. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges that we're, you know, Fungi, my, the company that I run, we're trying to help our clients solve is how do you scale, right, marketing? How do you scale your content? We're in the, you know, the content creation world. But how do you do it so you're scaling your unique human voice? Right. Um, because one of the, obviously, with video storytelling in particular, one of the things it does if you do it right, is it helps you scale your message, right? It helps you amplify your message. People can access you whenever you want. But the challenge is how do you make it, how do you do that in a way that's telling a story and, and, right. and, and, and a way that humans actually want to And, and ultimately, a human is who's going to tell the story, right? You know, yeah. CMOs often talk about, well, well what, what's your corporate story? What's your message? You know, you have to build it as a story. And right. chat GP can bring out things that you might want to think about elements of your story it's not going to write a story for you i mean that human connection has to be there you know marketing is still you know about talking to humans and getting people to say wow that resonates with me it's for me you just said it the way that i have to have it versus oh that's interesting you know so there's that whole human element that's really important yeah and i wonder if that you know what your thoughts are on that especially right now with so much AI and so much sort of automation more and more, it seems like there's more robots and less humanity almost, <laughs> or you're trying to find the humanity. It's, it's even more difficult. Um, are you seeing that? Or are you seeing that being a challenge with companies? What are your thoughts? I do think it, I mean, AI, not beyond, you know, chat GPT, I mean, AI is, you know, everywhere, you know, it's in, yeah. it's in, gathering data and optimizing networks, for example, or any, it's just, there's so much analytics there. But I, and that, so I think what's happening is it's really changing the human part. I think it's raising it up a level. You know, in some ways I can, I can think about it as, and other people say this too, it's like the next level of an industrial revolution because it's all of a sudden kind of, well, the things you used to do, you may not be doing. But there are other things that have to be done as a result. So, you know, it's kind of, to me, it's um, pushing the bar so that, yes, there are more of the maybe mundane, I don't know if that's the right word, tasks being done by AI and, you know, deep learning machines and, and deep learning algorithms and things like that. But then there is this whole other level of, I think, human synthesis, human understanding, being able to, what does that actually bring together. So, you know, marketers talk about synthesizing all the time. And I, I do believe that that's where kind of all of this is taking us is that it, it'll raise what we have to do. However, um, I think it's, it can be very exciting and challenging. For sure. Are there other competitors to ChatGBT or other tools like it that you're aware of that you're using that we should consider? I, I know there are some being developed. I'm, I've only used ChatGPT, so I don't yeah. have any personal experience, but I know um, certainly larger companies, some of the more high-tech companies are looking at either buying 
finding smaller companies that kind of compete. I mean, ChatGPT is was lucky, I think, in some ways that they're they're the leader right now. They're they were first to market, and it took the market by storm. But certainly, I, there are other companies that are looking to either acquire big companies looking to acquire small or companies doing something similar. Uh, so I think the I think we'll probably see probably within the next six months another competitor rise to compete with ChatGPT. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. I mean, it's way too it's at the beginning, but and it's, it's exciting so to be at the beginning. And if you know. They, have, they also, you know, one thing about being a, the first to market, you set you set a stage, but depending upon what other people are doing, they could jump jump you almost immediately. Depending, sure. you know, you just don't know, right? So, you know, you definitely don't know. Well, I think you've shared a lot of of good insights. I guess for marketers who are just thinking about ChatGPT, are there three or three to five tips that they should consider? that come to mind for you that, that you know, you should, they should know or they should consider when they're assessing whether they should use it or not? Well, I think, first of all, they have to play with it. You know, <laughs> just, just try it and see what you get. Because um, I think one, by just trying different types of queries, you, you begin to learn kind of when I talked about how you query things, I think you begin to see how chat GPT works and how you might want to then um, kind of kind of use it, test it, that type of thing. I would say the second thing is once you've actually played with it a little bit, use it for a real project, whether it's a blog post, um, maybe, you know, a case study, uh, whatever. I think you have to say, have a real project. Because, you know, when you start playing with it, that's one thing. When you start trying to really use it, that, that right. becomes something different. And then I think once you define that project, think of that as your, you know, whether, let's say it's a brochure, that's your first draft of the brochure. And then kind of start using your creative juices to kind of take it to the next step. So those would be my three, you know, in some ways, make sure you play with it, have fun with it, um, ask it all kinds of questions. You know, it, it's, um, it's interesting to do that. Ha try it with a real project. And keep in mind that it, it's not going to write it for you. You know, it's not, you're not going to be done once you ask the question. That's just the beginning, but they've jump started your beginning. That's great. So that's content creation. And right. I guess you go in on that. In terms of market research, um, what are, same thing, what are three or five tips that we should consider when working on market research with ChatGPT? I think when you start with market research, you start at the very top level. So you, you do the early searches about whatever industry you're in or whatever you're competing with. Um, so you start at the highest level. And then from there, you start to really kind of just take it down a notch each time, whether it's specifically for competitor one, two, and three, or whether you're saying, I want to, I, please show me the difference, different messaging in um, the aero, aerospace industry for mm -hmm. this particular product. So there are different... Market, you know, I would say that the market research techniques that you use when you did it yourself are the, the same techniques you use when you have asking chat GPT to help you. Uh, you know, so if you wanted to say, okay, I'm using this marketing lens for this and I'm going to do this one, and I'm going to do this one. Um, then you kind of have the ability to synthesize all those together. 
So the, the, whole, the whole synthesis idea of uh, market research is still the same, but you're getting your information and data from different places. Got it. And the, and the types of questions you would want to ask around research or thinking about a competitive analysis would be, mm -hmm. like, what are the key messages that your competitors right. are using? Right. What key are messaging. I would say key messages. What markets do they go after? Um, where, uh, where were they visible? You know, whether that be of you know trade shows or events, or are they in particular magazines or publications? So where is their or, marketing? Where is that? Where is that message showing? Up? Correct. Where do you find it? And how do they? You know, you might know it, but then how do they tweak it when they go to different um, vehicles? Yeah. How do they adapt their message? That's great. Yep. Yeah. So two great use cases for Chat GPT. Um, did we miss anything? Did we did we give a full comprehension? Is, I am think, I ready? Am I ready to go use it now? I think you're ready to go try it. Okay. Um, and then kind of take it step by step. Uh, but always thinking about it from the standpoint of it gives you the basic data, but you still need to do the personalization, the humanizing, or whatever words you want to use for it. But that part is still critical for a marketer to bring that message to the target markets. That's great. Well, speaking of personalization or the humanizing part, um, I always like to ask this question of our guests. It's a little bit of a pivot here. So my question is, what is one word or phrase that we should stop using in the workplace? Does anything come to mind? Oh, that's a I'm great question. That's a great question. Um, While you're thinking, we found this tool recently called the BS generator mm. and it just produces <laughs> jargon like on the spot and it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, so, I got to get that. Link? That would be great. I think um, in some ways, I think one of the words that should be changed and this, this will sound really weird, but I think the whole idea of team spirit. And the mm. reason I say that is because team spirit doesn't really reflect what happens in the workplace, but people put so much emphasis on team. But that whole team spirit thing is, it's it's much more of, um, I don't know, a sports metaphor than necessarily right. what a team needs in business. A team in business is much, not about spirit, but about being able to support each other, back each other up, you know, kind of come together. It's not really a spirit type thing. You know, it's more of how do we conquer this together type thing. Yeah. So when you're in your company offsite and you're doing team, the team spirit award, maybe we should change the title of that award. Yeah, I think it should be something more like um, team player, team builder. Yeah. Um, you know, something that brings, I guess it's more actionable. Maybe that's where my head is. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's definitely a different spin on. on it is. I mean, the it's there, type. but it's not the cheerleader type. Right. It's not right. like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's right. more about really doing something, being actionable. Yeah. Get in the game, not on the sidelines. Right. Right. I have to ask another uh, question. So what is one thing that people in the workplace, speaking of, of, of the team in the workplace, people in the workplace, maybe colleagues, might not know about you that you don't talk a lot about. I would say one of the things they probably don't know about me, probably very few people do, is at one point in my life, I, was actually, I actually did modern dance, <laughs> like perf real performances. 
Really? Uh, <laughs> which is modern dance performances. That's awesome. <laughs> Probably many people don't know that about me. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. What kind of modern? What's when? Is it you're performing on stage? Yes. In front of yes, people. Yes. Yes. You can think of modern dance as kind of um, like ballet, but with okay. all the without the the different ballet movements. So mm. part of it in. Part of it was really good for me from the standpoint I tend to have a technical background, as you probably know. And one thing about doing any type of dance, it, it, you really have to not think about it. You have to get it into your head. You have to listen to the music and just feel it. And that's very hard for someone who's technical. So um, my modern dance experience helped me to kind of get understand a different part of who I was. Yeah, that's super <laughs> cool. Well, it sounds like it stuck with you. It did. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I still use some of the techniques and I'm still, I can still do some of the movements. <laughs> yeah. You ever just kind of, you know what? I'm just going to have a modern dance Sunday yeah. all day long. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you turn on the video camera next time. And Deal. Kind of <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony Lee, this was really awesome. I feel like I know a lot more about how to use chat GPT and you know, make sure that I keep the the personal human side of it intact though along the way. That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, thanks for being with us today. Oh, this was great. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Oh,